0: So this morning, we want to talk about how to resolve conflicts, right, without destroying your relationship and marriage, or, um, or um, conflict resolution strategies for singles and marriage, right, if you prefer to. But I think that's how we have it, you know, um, on the advertorial. So you can put it that way, but it's the same thing anyway. So I want to ask a question this morning. How many of us here, you had a conflict, um, you've had a conflict maybe with your spouse or with the person you are engaged with or in the workplace in the last two or three weeks, how many of us can you raise your hand? How many of us? No, let's let's be. Uh, this is the house of God. Raise your hand and keep it up. You had the conflicts with your partner, with your spouse, you know, with the person you are engaged with. Please raise your hand. No, don't worry. I'm not sending you out of church. <laughs> Why are you guys so scared? Just raise your hand. So I want you to look to at everybody around you. Tell them liar, liar, <laughs> Li- liar. Eh? lie lie people. <laughs> You see, conflicts are a part of our existence. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying this morning? You see, so I know many of us don't want to raise that. Ah, so Pastor, we don't think I had the conflict. <laughs> Praise God. Conflict is a part of our existence. You cannot avoid, in fact, trying to avoid conflict is a toxic approach to conflict resolution. Let's open our Bibles quickly this morning. If you have your Bible, Proverbs 17 and verse 14. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 14. We'll be reading Proverbs 17 and 14 and also Proverbs 20 and verse 3. Proverbs 17 and verse 14. The King James Version says, if you dare say amen. amen. If you're still looking for it, away so wait for me. If we are waiting for you, look at the Bible of your neighbor. <laughs> we have a long way to go. And we're also going to be taking questions this morning. So if you have a question maybe about something we've been talking about since the beginning of the month, you can get, a, um, I think, the Royal Guards you know, they'll pass a sheet of paper across to you. The reason why we prefer people to write it is because it saves time. It saves time. While someone is trying to tell us, you know, the story of when the cock flew and crossed the road to meet the bull across the bridge, you know. Just go straight. By, By the time we are writing it, you won't be able to tell us all those details. It just goes straight to the point. So, Proverbs 17 and verse 14, the Bible says, the beginning of strife is as when let out water. The letting out of water here... Actually, the root is talking about a dam, right? So, the beginning of strife is like when you break a dam, right? Therefore, leave off contention, the Bible says, before it is meddled with. The living Bible puts it this way. It said, it is hard to stop a quarrel once it starts. It says, so, don't let it begin. So, don't let it begin. Proverbs 20 and verse 3. The Bible says the beginning of strife is as when one lets out water. Sorry, Proverbs 20 and verse 3, the New Living um, Bible. um, Sorry, the Living Bible. It says, it is an honor for a man to stay out of a fight. Only fools insist on quarreling. It is an honor for a man to stay out of a fight. Only fools insist on quarreling. As a result, result of unresolved conflict... It's been discovered that 54.85% of marriages in the U.S., 46% of marriages in Europe, 54% of marriages in Sweden, and one out of every three marriages in the U.K. end up in a divorce. Approximately, research tells us that 60% of marriages in Nigeria end up in one form of separation or the other. So, the people are still living under the same roof, but they are worlds apart because of our own culture. Say that the average married couple argues about small nagging things as much as 312 times per year. That's approximately every day of the year. So, when I asked that if you had the conflict <laughs> in the last one week and you didn't raise up your hand, it's because you were lying. But God has forgiven you, don't worry. <laughs> Praise God. It was Max Lucado that said that combat is optional, but conflict is inevitable. Right? Conflict is inevitable, but combat is optional. I remember there's a proverb my mom would always say, I think it's a general you know, Yoruba proverb, that it is not possible for the tongue, not no, for the teeth, not to bite the tongue sometimes. Right? say, Right? You know, that's I think that's the translation, right? That the tongue and the teeth, right? Sometimes they they are in a conflict as it were. So we need to realize that conflicts are a part of our existence. It is something that would always happen. We cannot run away from it, we cannot avoid it, we should not even try to ignore it. The goal is to try to resolve it effectively. That's why this has not been called conflict eradication strategies. It's called conflict resolution strategies. Why? Because you would always have conflict. But when the conflict arises, what do you do about it? Your response and your approach to conflicts will determine um, the outcome of your marriage and your relationships. So for instance, certain people don't have quality relationships in their life. In the marketplace and even romantic relationships simply because they don't know how to resolve conflicts. So sometimes when conflicts arise, the average person just assumes that because we are having conflict, then it must mean that this relationship is not supposed to be. You see, if you, a, if you are in a relationship where there has been no conflict, and you've been in that relationship for maybe less than six months to a year, it's either of two things, you are both pretending, right, or someone is a dumber. Someone is either a dumber or you are both pretending. Someone is trying to make you have your way at all costs. You know, because they are trying to keep peace, and oftentimes that's a reflection of chronic low self-esteem. People who have no self-esteem don't want to hurt anybody, because they don't want to lose that relationship. So they would rather be a dumbass instead of, you know, voicing their opinion, voicing their perspective. And just say, no, no, I, I don't want to allow me. It's not that you don't want to allow. It's that you don't value yourself enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Am I? Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? <laughs> So when I say that, it's not as a filler. I actually want to get a feedback from us. Praise God. You see, one of the things I've realized is this. When you don't resolve conflicts, you will open the, devil to, uh, you will open the door to the devil to have access into your relationship. James chapter 3, and verse 16. The Bible says, Where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil walk where envy and strife is there is confusion and every evil work. so when you don't manage conflict strife will set in the moment strife sets in the devil will have have access it will have access and that's why the bible says there will be all kind of evil work. that's when people will begin to cook up strategies on how to get back at their spouse cook up strategies on how to get even with the people they claim to love sometimes you look at people on their wedding day how they are dancing so excited and you look at them two years later in fact for many two years is too long six months later and you begin to wonder are these the same people that were dancing six months ago all smiling just like I said you know on Wednesday you know we're talking about Wednesday I'm going to finish this um, Wednesday talking about seven things if they are single you shouldn't miss that service if you miss it get the messages online it's free right on the website several things you should do while waiting, right? So there's this particular man that says he watches his wedding, you know, uh, the church wedding every day. So when he was talking to his pastor, his pastor said, wow, you must have been so excited about the wedding. He said, no, sir. <laughs> he said, what do you mean? So why are you watching every day? He said, I watch it every day in reverse. He said, so I see myself remove the ring and dance out of the church. <laughs> he said, and I wish that can actually be my experience you know, I wish I could turn back the hands of time, remove the ring and cancel the wedding (laughs) and Jaffa, praise God (laughs) but unfortunately as enter you can only watch it in reverse, praise God so it is good for us to learn these things and the things I'm going to be talking about this morning are not just things that will help you in your relationship, it will also help you in the workplace. It will help you in the marketplace. Many of us have lost jobs. Many of us have lost opportunities simply because we don't know how to resolve conflicts. And if you don't know how to resolve conflicts, your rising in life will be very limited. Your lifting is going to be capped. You will not rise to the fullness of your potential. People will look at you and say, this guy is so skilled. This lady is so talented. How come she's struggling? Oftentimes, it's because those people in question, they have poor relationship skills. They have poor relationship skills. You see, and for you to resolve conflict, the major thing you need is understanding. Which is what I want to give to us this morning. is It's understanding. Where does understanding come from? Five ways. Not exhaustive, but five major ways. Number one, understanding comes from counsel. It comes from counsel. It comes from counsel. Proverbs 11 and verse 14. The Bible says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. We live in a part of the world where people believe that, you know, I don't want other people in my business. You know, don't need to talk to anybody. That's why sometimes singles get married without going for counseling. Ah, huh? there's a song my mom used to sing when we were growing up. Well, you are trying to boycott the process. It's a Yoruba song. It's a rejo d'o Baba reco ni ba ode That is your problem will wait for you in the future. If you think you are avoiding, you know, there is a scripture that says it's like a man that runs away from a lion and he met a bear he ran away from the bear got to his house and he thought oh finally I've escaped the bible says and a serpent struck him you can't run away from things in life you must learn to face things you must learn to face things so the first way you get understanding is through counseling when you get counsel you deliver yourself from needless pain sometimes when I see what some people go through in their relationships in their marriage I'm just like this thing is your simple wisdom but you see, wisdom is not transferred through osmosis. That's why you can be close to a wise person and be a major fool, because wisdom is doesn't. The fact that you are rubbing bodies with a wise person does not mean their wisdom will enter your brain. Until you keep, seek counsel, right? So I'll encourage us. Of course, in this house, you know that that we are strong on counseling. We are strong on counseling, especially when it comes to marriage marriage counseling, marriage counseling it doesn't mean something is wrong with you in fact, one of the ways to ensure you keep enjoying your marriage is to ensure you get counseling before you enter into crisis it's to ensure you enter into crisis I still spend time with my mentors you know, talk to them get counsel from them you you, will avoid future pain through counsel number two, you get understanding from reading from reading Daniel chapter 9 and verse 2. The Bible says, And I, Daniel, understood by books. That's why, as a church, we are so strong on reading. That's why we have a book of the month every month, at least almost every month. And you see, one of the things you'll get in that binder for the 12 weeks of strategic repositioning is you see, every book you should read in 2022 is already there. There are book records you should read. You see, all this idea of, I'm not the reading type. That's, that's not a tenable excuse. When you were in school, you read you read because you need that to pass to pass through life successfully you need to read are you hearing what I'm saying you cannot rise above your level of knowledge you can't you see nobody is the reading type for instance I'm the movie type I like to watch movies but you can't watch movies into greatness you can't entertain yourself through life you've got to read you've got to create time for it number three understanding comes from fellowship from fellowship with the Holy Spirit John 16 and verse 3, the Bible says, How be it when he the spirit of truth is come. The Bible says, it will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Number four, you'll get understanding through corporate worship. Psalm 73 and verse 17, the Bible says, When I went to the house of the Lord, this is David speaking. It says, Then I understood. When I went into the house of the Lord, then I understood. Then I understood. It simply means if David had not gone to the house of the Lord, that which he eventually understood in the place of fellowship, he wouldn't have understood it. Let me tell you this. Coming to church is not for jobless people. In fact, coming to church, creating time for worship, is proof you have wisdom. To make worship, to put it at the back burner to say, you know what, when I have the time, is proof you don't have wisdom. Number five, the fifth way you get understanding is through learning. Learning, learning. Proverbs 4 and verse 7, the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, it says get understanding. Get understanding. It simply means you must seek for it. You must go out to learn it. Understanding will not just come to you. You must go out and seek for understanding. So what are the four ways people do conflicts? Four major ways. Number one, the first one is fight. 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 So when people have conflict, right? And what is conflict? When people see things or when people are not seeing things the same way, conflicts will arise. When there is disparity of values, right? Of belief, of ideologies, of philosophies. That is what we call a conflict. So when it happens, people respond in four ways. Number one is by fighting. By fighting. By fighting. And you say, this is, the, this, is, this is the lowest level of knowledge when it comes to conflict resolution. When people are fighting, it's because nobody really, you know, as it were, cares about that relationship. Right? Or one person is trying to dominate the other person. One person is trying to have these our way, And the other person is crying out saying, you know what? You are not going to have your way. You've always had your way. This time I'm going to stand my ground. Number two way people approach conflict is by flight by flight this is what i call a lose win approach some people when conflict arises which is what i mentioned earlier they go into flight mode they try to avoid it they say "Ah, me i don't want to you know don't worry i lose you win but let me tell you this when you take that approach you think you have resolved the issue you have not it will still wait for you in the future number three where people undo conflict is by folding folding we both ignore the issue This is what I call a lose lose approach. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. So (laughs) nobody cares about the relationship. You see, we are both going to have our way. You know, with fights, somebody is winning and somebody is losing. But in folding, everybody loses. And eventually they lose the relationship. Number four way is what I call fixing. Fixing. Fixing so number 1 you have fights number 2 you have flights number 3 you have, have fold number 4 you have fix that is you fix the conflict when you fix it when you resolve it then you have a win-win experience you win high win so nobody is feeling as if they were taken for granted or taken advantage of at the end of the day when communication and differences are not managed intelligently conflicts will always arise And most times, this is the two areas, you know, that creates conflicts in relationships, right? Difference in communication and difference, right, in maybe personality. And you need to undo these areas well, well. You see, just as communication is most important, the most important element in your relationship, whether it's marriage, whether it's um, a relationship in the workplace, communication is the most important element, Is the most important element. That's why I will say it and keep saying it. Because in this age and time, many things that the Bible speaks against, people are trying to make it normal. God's standard is still God's standard. The best thing you can do when you are dating is to talk, is to communicate. Talk about everything and everything. Your mouth in a relationship is not meant for kissing. You might not like it, but I will say it. Your mouth is meant for communication. The moment you start doing something else apart from communication with your your mouth, right? The things you should talk about, you will not talk about it. And those things are the things that arises as conflict, as problems in marriage, as crisis. That's why people say, I was surprised. You know, you should not be surprised in marriage. There are very few things. In fact, I'm still waiting for the first surprise in marriage. Not because I'm special because, But I did what I was supposed to do And because I got counsel From the people that have gone ahead of me Talking about everything Talk about money Talk about responsibilities Talk about roles that will be played Talk about the future That's not the time to be eating around Is nobody hearing what I'm saying? There is nothing wrong in going on dates But that is not the goal in a relationship When you get married You can go and eat anywhere if I go and eat in the sky, go and eat in the moon. <laughs> but while you are simply see Because dating period is confirmation period. You are trying to find out what I think is true. Is it actually true? In relationship, your eyes must be open. In marriage, you close the eyes. While you are dating, your eyes must be open. <laughs> it must be an FBI. Uh, you don't believe everything you are told. Even if you met that person in church. In church, right? I can pronounce the correctly, I mean, ah, that pastor can pronounce church correctly. Somebody <laughs> I mean, say, Ah, because I met him in church. The devil also attends church services. He attended God's service. John chapter one. God had a meeting with the angels, and the devil showed up. And God asked him, God did not say, Devil, what are you doing here? He said, Where are you coming from? It means he normally attends. So what makes you think the devil is not in gateway? Or is not in any other place? But I know he's not sitting next to you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, so we must learn to handle, we must learn to ask questions. When you don't communicate effectively, right? Because some might be scared that, eh, hey, I hope the devil is. <laughs> Church people could be very spooky. The devil will not appear to you in two ones. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Forget about all those things you saw in African magic. The devil is not that ugly. If you see the devil, you will trip for him. Is the morning star. Check the Bible. The way the Bible describes him. It's beautiful, though. Forget all those two ones, long tail and a pitchfork. It's not red. Right. That's cartoon. Praise God. It takes two to start an argument, but it takes one person to stop it. It takes two people to start an argument, but it takes one person to stop it. Right? So, some... Co- Let me just leave that because of time. You need to learn how to manage conflicts because unresolved conflicts will destroy certain things in your life. And I want you to write this down. When you don't resolve conflicts at work, you don't resolve conflicts in your relationship, in your marriage, it is going to destroy certain things. Number one, it will destroy your focus. It will destroy your focus. How many of us who just had a misunderstanding, hot argument with your wife or your husband or your babe, and you went to work and you were very productive? Raise up your hand. As a very fact, that day you made the sales you have never made before in your life. It never works. It messes up with your focus. Most times it does. You know, even when you are working, your mind is going back to that misunderstanding. It's going back to it. Because we are not robots, we are relational beings. We are relational beings. And when we don't manage that part well, especially when it comes to handling conflicts, right, it affects our focus. Number two, it destroys your judgment. It destroys your judgment. You begin to see things the way you are not supposed to see it. The person that should be seen as an ally, you start seeing that person as an adversary. You start seeing the person as an adversary. And you see, the devil will start whispering to you, I told you. That's why when we always tell you that you should not tell your wife everything, you see now. <laughs> so the devil will sow seeds. Your judgment will be affected. You will not be able to think straight. Number three thing that gets destroyed when you don't handle conflicts very well is your relationships are destroyed. Your relationships are destroyed. If you are the kind of person that must always have your way, over time you will just realize that people are disappearing around you. You will be making friends but you will not be able to keep them. You'll be making friends. But see, let me tell you this. If you are someone that does not have friends, it's not a good thing. About people say things like, "Me, I don't have friends, I don't have friends. Something is wrong with you. You are not normal. Because even Jesus had people around him. You are not an island. Nobody was created to be an island. So if you don't have relationships, especially sustainable relationships, it might be it's because you don't know how to handle relationships well. You can't stand being opposed. You can't stand being opposed. Some people, when things just don't go their way, is it that my way or the highway? Is it that my way or everything scatters? <laughs> everything scatter, scatter, praise God when you don't manage conflicts number four it destroys your spiritual sensitivity it destroys your spiritual sensitivity It, it destroys your spiritual sensitivity your ability to hear God is affected because God does not operate in an atmosphere of strife he only operates in an atmosphere of peace so, when conflicts are not resolved, your spiritual sensitivity will be affected. Number five, it destroys your health. It destroys your health. That's why you see, you see couples who don't manage conflicts well, who are always arguing, fighting, they die early. If they both don't die early, one person will die early. If they don't die, they will have one disease or the other. High blood pressure, you know, something will always show up. This is science. Something which your health will be affected is it that you are having migraine or something will just always happen number next it destroys your intimacy and sex life for married people for who? as a single you are not supposed to be having sex I believe we still know that uh-huh. if you are having sex as a single you are wrong no matter what Hollywood is saying it is wrong praise the Lord and we still believe that Sometimes people say, "Ah, Pastor, what do you think? Ah, It's not what I think. What does the Bible say? When conflicts are not resolved, number what now? Number seven, it destroys good memories. It destroys good memories. All the memories we have built. When you went on a date, you went for that dinner, you were hearing the soft music in the background. (laughs) You went for vacation the moment you start having conflict over time all those memories over time it will fade away it will fade away You we have nothing you see when you are thinking about your life your relationship the only thing that will come to your mind is the misunderstanding and let me tell you this, life is all about memories. Life is all about the creation of memories. How many of us, we have good memories, sometimes you don't think about certain memories and you just smile. You are alone. People just like, why are you smiling? Nothing. Because they don't understand. But you can just remember some things and you just smile. How many of us have expressed that? But you see, the moment you don't resolve conflict, you will soon lose those memories. That's why sometimes when you see some older people, the way they talk about their husband, you'll be wondering is that this person has not done anything good in your life before. It's not that nothing good has ever happened in that marriage, but that memory has been wiped out. Because over the years, conflicts upon conflicts upon conflicts upon conflicts, the moment the conflict thinks, you know, as it increases, the memories are going down, going down, going... You see, now when the conflict continues, you will not even have time to create more memories. You see, people that are fighting, that will be thinking about to go on vacation. It's from the airport you'll be fighting. <laughs> It'll be wondering are you going for vacation or boxing practice <laughs> praise the lord unresolved conflict also destroys your productivity your productivity number next i have a couple here but let me just stop here it also destroys your peace your peace one of the things i value most in life is peace ah i can't trade my peace for anything <laughs> and every married person knows that peace is more important than beauty am i right Every married man knows that. How about single years? Have you married? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Married people, raise up your hand. Are you proud to be married, guys? Which one is more important, married men? Which one is more important, beauty or peace? Peace. Women should need peace. Yeah, let's celebrate. <laughs> let's celebrate. Singles, you are not celebrating now. Celebrate so you can have peace. <laughs> Praise God. Peace is important. It's very important. Very important. You know, nobody wants to wake up in an environment or sleep in an environment where you have to sleep with one eye and the other one is open because anything can happen any moment. <laughs> Praise God. You know, in an atmosphere where there is conflict, even, you cannot get, you know, um, what's the word now? You don't sleep well. And when you don't sleep well over time, it will affect your health. It will affect your health. You just wake up. You think you have slept for 6 hours. You have only slept for 30 minutes. You just jack up. <laughs> it's just 3 o'clock. You sleep back. You can't sleep well. So everyone must do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I don't know how some people handle it. You wake up in a house with your spouse. And you are not greeting each other. How does that work? Please explain to me. But really I don't want to know. How, how does that work? How does that work? And you don't talk to each other, you don't agree, and you are comfortable. How does that work? And some people don't have any problem with that. So see, It's either she agrees or she agrees. We die here. You may die very soon. That's why people lose jobs. You know, they lose customers. Some people will be fighting with customers. Customer will say, no, this. I say, no, no. According to my professionalism and expertise, is it not a customer that is paying for the professionalism? They say they want one hand to be longer than the other. You better make it long. <laughs> it is better to be wrong when the customer demands for something. They want it that way you give it to them. That's what you say. I like, ah, maybe I've changed my mind. It's better than for you to be forcing things on customers. People will still be fighting. Again, say, no, no, this is the way it is. Ah. Very soon you will be making the things for yourself. What must you avoid during conflict? What must you avoid? Number one, avoid talking without forced listening. Avoid what? Talking without forced listening. Proverbs 18 and verse 13. The Bible says, He that answers a matter, before he hears it, it is foolishness and shame unto him. Listen. Before you talk, listen. Hear what the other person has to say. The moment uh, uh, there's a bit of misunderstanding, some people already know they, they've had cooked up responses. Say, wait, wait, wait. there. I know where you are going. <laughs> the person is not even going there, but you have assumed that's where the person is going. Say, wait there, wait there. Don't go for that. See, all this i have just been looking at you. I've just been looking at you. If you try that nonsense... Avoid <laughs> talking without first listening avoid talking with her and you see listening is not the same thing as hearing. Some people are only hearing to give a response. I continue. Don't worry finish what you want to say. So as they are hearing what is being said, what they are thinking in their mind is the response they will give. Okay, she said this. Okay. I have two points to counter it. He said uh, I have five points. <laughs> so as the person finished, like I said, "Are you done?" Yes. Hey, <laughs> this is <laughs> listening simply means you are understanding, you are hearing to understand where that person is coming from. Listening simply means I'm stepping in your shoes to feel what you are feeling. That is what it means to listen. Sometimes when you are listening when the person finishes talking you might not even have a response immediately because we are still trying to process what has been said. When you have an immediate response, it is proof you were not listening. You were only hearing to give a response. Number two thing you must avoid during conflicts is keeping complete silence. Keeping complete silence. Keeping complete silence. Some people, while, you know, <clears throat> there is a misunderstanding with them and their significant other, as a person is talking, they'll be saying, oh, well, silence. silence is the best answer for a fool. That's not a good approach. You should avoid that. So when you say silence is the best answer for a fool, you are saying your spouse is a fool. Or the person you are engaged to is a fool. You know what that tells me? Huh? You are the greater fool. Because you saw a fool and you married a fool. It takes a fool to marry a fool. So when you keep saying, that this is the best answer for a fool. You are the fool. Because how would you see a fool and marry a fool? How would you see a fool and say, I want to date a fool? Why? So you don't have that approach. When that, because, you know, when that thought comes to your mind, address it immediately. No, he is not a fool. She is not a fool. I need to listen to what has been said. Because sometimes even when you think you are right, you may be wrong. You may be wrong. Number three, during conflicts, avoid bringing up the past as a reference to shame or attack your partner. Avoid bringing up the past. If something has been dealt with, leave it in the past. Don't use it as a weapon. You know, when your approach is fighting, you know, we already spoke about the four approach people take to. Conflict, which is fight, fight, flight, and what? Fold and what? Ah, you guys are good students. Celebrate yourself. We you are listening. <laughs> you know, when your goal is fighting to win at all costs, you won't listen. When your goal is to win at all costs, you will bring up the past, especially when it seems as if ah, I'm losing this argument. You will now think of something ah. What can I say that we pay now? What can I say that we pay him? And now bring it up. Eh-heh, it's not your fault. If not because I forgave you when you did, the person will just say, oh, say I've won. No, you may win the argument but lose the relationship. Which is more important. So during conflicts, avoid bringing up the past as a reference point. Number three and number four, avoid winning at all costs. It is not a contest. It is not a contest. Avoid winning at all costs. Number five, avoid speaking without thinking. Avoid speaking without thinking. Proverbs 15 and verse 28, the Bible says, the art of the righteous taught this to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. It is not always what we say that hurts the people we love. It is how we say what we are saying. It is how we say what we are saying. So when you don't think before speaking, there is something the Yorubas call how you land a conversation. oro. That is, you carry the words and you put it down properly. Because once the words come out, they say it is like a egg or an egg. You can't gather it together anymore. So the words, before it comes out of your mouth, think, think, think. So during the course of the week, you know, First Lady and I were going somewhere, you know, <clears throat> and I just, it was moments later when that happened, I just remembered, you know, because she grew up, you know, she was a lecture, according to her, said she was a left handed dead person originally, but they beat the left hand out of her. So she's like, so till now, if she's saying left and right, sometimes she wants to say right, she say left. You know, so we're going somewhere, we both know, she's supposed to know where we're going, because she had lived in that area before, you know, many years ago. So, I kept following the direction, and because we're still going somewhere else, and I was thinking of Lagos state traffic. I didn't want to be caught in, you know, rush hour traffic, you know. So, I said, what should I do? He said, down. Just keep going down. Just keep going down. When you get to the end of the road, turn left. So, as I was I got to the end of the road, and I turned left. So he said, no, no, no. This way, this way. And the car was behind me. I just said, "King what What's all this? I'll be honest with us, right? You know me, I say the way. You know, after we drove like two minutes later, I said, I'm sorry for using that word. I'm sorry. But you two next time. Just say, right, left, check your hand, do it. <laughs> you know, but what happened? I spoke without thinking. I wanted to just express the way I felt. I didn't think about how it will affect the person I claim to love. And it happens to the best of us, doesn't it? But when you realize you have done something wrong, especially for men, don't do ego. What is it? I <laughs> hey, wish right right <laughs> you rather, rather now. Go back and say, I'm sorry. Let me tell you this. What most men think. (laughs) Praise God. You see, let me tell you. Most men, what we think is, when I use bold face. ah, If I say sorry now, she will not respect me. Let me tell you, it is in that apology that she will truly respect you. It's not in doing bold face. Are you hearing what I'm saying? (laughs) Praise God so avoid speaking without thinking avoid speak, especially during moments of intense conversation when you notice that emotion is flying everywhere think think before you say it, before you throw the verbal weapons think how is it going to affect the other person for those of us that don't understand it simply means what is all this nonsense you know some of us we don't think that is wrong but it actually is is the Lord. For some of us men, you know, and I always say it, as a man in this house, you know, everybody that comes to church is not submitted to the authority of this house. But if you are submitted to the authority of this house and you are married and your wife comes to report to you that you are talking to her you are in trouble with me. I hope you know that. Because our parents gave her to you, to groom her, not to put her down. And you can't keep talking like that to a woman and not destroy herself as soon. Women are nurtured by words. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Men, are you hearing? Uh-huh. So, the ladies in the house, married people, you have the rights. You have my number, just call me. And I hope you will not say, hey, call pastor. Even if I call the Pope. Uh-huh. <laughs> that one is problem. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And since I'm not Pope, I'm pastor. I'm very far from the Pope. So it's only God that can deliver you. <laughs> During conflicts, also avoid allowing your emotions to go out of control. I already explained that. Allow your emotions to go out of control. The Bible says anger rests in the bosom of fools. So if your emotions are always flying all over, it's only an indication of one thing. What is that? What is that? I didn't say it. The Bible said it. You are a fool. So don't be a fool. Say, I'm not a fool. I am wise. Number seven, during conflict. Avoid avoiding conflict at all costs. Did you get that? Avoid avoiding conflict at all costs. It is not an LD approach. It is not an LD approach. It only makes things worse on the long run. Because that which you have avoided will show up one day. It will show up one day. It will show up one day. So what are the steps you can take to manage conflicts? Number one. Realize that you can have conflict without fighting and having arguments. Conflicts are normal, but fighting and arguments are optional. Conflicts are normal, but fighting and arguments are optional. So get to that point, you see, because the way the um, religion has taught many of us is that if you truly love each other, you should not have conflict. That if you're having conflict, something must be wrong with that relationship. Not true. Conflicts are normal. You know why? Most likely before you got married, at least you would have spent minimum of 18 years. At least that's the global age of being an adult. And you're not supposed to marry until you're an adult. So at least you spent 18 years in a particular environment, different from the environment in which your spouse was raised so there are things your partner has believed for 18 years minimum which is different from what you have believed for 18 years so when you come together there is no way you will see eye to eye in everything there is no way there is no way so that's why you must realize that see conflicts are normal so when they show up just see it as something normal what is abnormal is when you start fighting like children it's even better if you fight like children. Because when children fight, they resolve it under women. So stop fighting like adults. It's <laughs> adults that, that we fight and fight and fight. Hmm. Till Jesus come. And they will now miss heaven. <laughs> Praise God. Or oh, you don't believe in heaven. There's heaven and hell. People don't hear that again in church. It's money. Breakthrough. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Hmm. Number two step to conflict resolution is understand that conflicts are not a sign you are in a wrong relationship or marriage. They simply affirm you are human. Understand that conflicts are not a sign that you are in a wrong marriage or relationship. They simply affirm that you are human. For instance, there was a conflict between Jesus and Peter. Jesus asked, Who do men say that I am? Peter gave the right answer. Oh, you are the son of God. Moments that Jesus said, Oh, I'm going to die the death of the cross. Peter said, Never. Jesus said, Get you behind me, Satan. And Peter did not say, Ah. Oh, God, Jesus, what's going be all that nonsense? Now, me be Satan. You know, <laughs> praise God. So understand that conflicts are not a sign you are in the wrong relationship. They are not a sign. It just simply means you are human. Conflicts are simply a clash of ideas, values, beliefs, and perspectives. However, if conflict continues to escalate in a dating relationship, it might be an indication that you are in a wrong relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even though you are not, you know, from the same background and all that, the difference must not be too much. In marriage, you find a way to work around it. In single <laughs> As a single, ah, huh? if the fighting is getting too much, you argue today. Any week where there is no misunderstanding is an anniversary of peace. Something is wrong. With I used to be in a relationship like that. That's one of the reasons I knew that ah uh, no, this cannot be God's will for my life. That every week, fighting, 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 ah uh, no, I value my peace that much. So I spoke to my leg. you are not supposed to be here. (laughs) The Lord has a better plan for you. Praise the Lord. So please, if you are single and you are in a relationship where you are always fighting, always arguing, today is about the cock, tomorrow is about the bull, tomorrow is always, especially about needless things that does not make sense. It might be that you are wide apart. Number three, practical steps to resolving conflicts. Address the conflict without attacking the person. Address the conflicts without attacking the person. Address the conflicts without attacking the person. Always remember that during the conflict, the people are more important than proving your ego or the rightness of your perspective. The person is more important. The person is more important. The person is more important. Just illustration I gave you earlier. Why did I have to apologize? Because my wife is more important to me than my ego as a man. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even if the car coming behind and bash me, car can still be repaired. Do you know what it means to do wedding? (laughs) So (laughs) if I lose that wife, I go and prostrate again. (laughs) Buy yam again. (laughs) Between it. (laughs) Mary people understand what I'm saying, right? Uh, You don't understand. Did you marry? Or you eloped? Now go through that process again. Car can be repaired. And that's how we need to see these things. That relationship is more important. It's more important. So address the situation. Don't attack the person. You are not in a contest. Always remind yourself of that. I'm not in a contest. I'm not in a battle. Number four. Approach every disagreement from a standpoint of respect and honor. You know, we live in a part of the world where we are made to believe that it is women that must respect their husbands. It is both ways. There is a respect a woman also needs. There is a way you talk to the woman in your life. There is a way you talk to a woman. There is a way you respect her. There is a way you handle her. You just don't say, ah, what is it? You know, just. The way you talk to a fellow man, you don't talk to a woman like that. Guys, Are you listening? You might say sorry, and she'll say, no problem. But it's in her heart. And because she loves you, she will believe your word more than any other person's words. So in moments of that, they say, you are a fool. I don't even know how I found myself here. Stupid woman. She will believe you. Even if you say you are sorry, it's mercy after death. Or how do they say Mercy after death. Somewhere in her mind, she will believe that, wow. So I'm a fool. She will meditate on it she will give herself wholly to those things and then our prophets will appear <laughs> so the day she starts manifesting as a stupid woman remember you sow the seed if you want a queen in your house sow the seed of a princess a princess will become a queen and as a woman too, if you want your husband to be a king speak to him as one if you call him a fool he will manifest as a fool they say, or, or your mates. Why didn't you marry his mates? See, are these the cars your mates are driving? See, your friend. He just changed his car, he even bought the car for the wife. Why didn't you marry his friend? Number five. Resolve it in your heart that your partner is not your enemy. Resolve it in your heart many of us have not come to that place of resolving especially in these days and age of African magic once there is a crisis in the home and the man goes to see, that's why I always tell, all of you that always go around praying like you are visiting a herbalist home you will soon run into trouble so you go to a prophet, have you noticed that all the prophets, they always say the same thing, hungry prophets, is your wife that is behind your predicaments they never tell them, you are the one behind your predicament. It's always the wife. Ah! Yahweh, no, she. It's your wife that is doing you. So, what is going to happen? You have to leave her. It's always the woman. Why? And some women today will tell them, <laughs> see that man, as long as you are under his roof, you can't do well. You can't do well. Because there are some battles that he has been fighting from his <laughs> ancestral causes. They will say you are of him, and you will buy it. So when you have had that, when you get home, you start seeing your husband in a different light. When he does some, when she cooks, you are afraid. You first give a patch to the dog, and watch it for thirty minutes. Ah, okay, the dog didn't die. Now you say, You're not eating. Uh, I'm not hungry. You're hungry, but since they've told you she's the one behind (laughs) your predicament, uh, before she poisons me, you must resolve it. Let me tell you something. You know, the Bible tells us that it was Eve that was deceived, Adam was not deceived. How many of us know that? It's in the Bible. Even in Genesis, it was not Adam that the devil deceived, it was Eve. So it simply means when Eve ate the fruit and Adam saw because they were not together at that time. When Adam saw her, Adam knew something had happened. But Adam chose to eat that fruit. Why? Because they were already warned. Whatever happens to her, should happen to me. Because if he had not done that, women, if you have this understanding, you should respect the men in your life forever. Because if he had not eaten that fruit, probably it's only Eve that would have been sent out of the garden because Adam had not fallen and the seed is in the man not in the woman you didn't get that so the Bible tells us in the New Testament when Apostle Paul was talking to one of the churches he says it was not the man that was deceived it was the woman but why did Adam go ahead to eat the fruit because he did not see Eve as the enemy he knew she was deceived it was not a choice if she knew better she would have done better So every one of us, you must get to that point. For those of us that are married, for those of us planning to get married, resolve it in your heart. For you to make up your mind, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. That person is not the enemy. Even if they are acting like the enemy, send them for deliverance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number six. Eradicate the negative impute of third parties during misunderstandings. See, if you are someone that when something happens in your home, you always talk to your family and friends about it. You are very stupid. That's the only kind way I can say it. You know why? That thing you are doing will destroy your home. It's only a matter of time. You know why? Your family members will forgive you. They won't forgive your spouse. Because they will believe we raised you well. It's his own or our own parents that didn't raise her well. So he said, ah, daddy, did you know? <laughs> um, Aki, let me use my name. Before somebody says, I'm using them for example. Aki slapped me yesterday, it May never happen. <laughs> say, eh? oh, it never happened. He said, eh? here, he slapped you? That stupid boy. So they sent for Aki. There are many Aki, so he's not my own Aki. <laughs> Even when Aki and says, daddy, I'm sorry, they keep looking at him as a violent person. The next time he slaps you, come immediately. I will send a mopo to arrest him. They will never forget. Anytime they come to your house, anytime there's a family function, wife slapper, it will be on your forehead. It's invisible, but they will not forget it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They will not forget. Same thing as a man. That's why we call you a man. You must have the capacity to hold some things to yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you are going to talk about it, talk to a third party. If you are going to talk to a third party about it, make sure it is a professional or someone that is mature enough to respect your privacy. Some people you tell them something. <laughs> it's as if they are they are suffering from verbal diarrhea. As you tell them somebody must hear it, it's as if that thing is burning in their mouth. They, ah, who was I told somebody else will say, ah, me will go to that <laughs> I must not hear it alone. Ah hey. <laughs> If you hear <laughs> what that you say, hey, this life. Oh. I didn't know the wife was like that. Oh. Hey, hey, oh girl. That guy is trying to... Oh. That's not necessary. That's why we always encourage. Go for professional counseling. Professional. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't go to family and friends. Especially if you are married. You can not have conflicts in your home and be talking to your single friends. They don't understand what it means to be married. They will counsel you as a single and they will counsel your marriage. They say, oh, so they will be comparing husband to boyfriend. Said, say, that's how Babs spoke to me yesterday. I gave it to him. Oh, sorry, Babs. But <laughs> that's just the name that I gave ah, I gave it to him. I'm Don't take nonsense. If you take nonsense, we you think you're ACC, you give it to him. You have forgotten that she's a girlfriend. She's not a wife. She can walk out of that relationship anytime. But that's the person you are talking to. It's so painful, but I've seen marriages break because of that. Several marriages. A wife still acting like a girlfriend. Something happens, she talks to her girlfriend. Spends more time with the girlfriend. And the girlfriend tells her, "Oh, if you allow men to, men, they want to put you down. Don't take that nonsense. They want you to be like them. That's what you don't know. It takes more price to be like you. But it doesn't cost much for you to be like them. Be wise. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Be, be wise. wise. And I hope you know, it's not even every swan uh pastor quote-and-unquote, you can talk to. Or else, it will become someone notes next Sunday. You know, there is somebody, you know. Um, should I say Should I not say it? But the spirit of God is telling me to say, so that you all can learn. <laughs> and the way they will so describe it, the people will know who they are talking about. Hmm. Hmm. Number X, that's number seven. Are you getting something out of this? Yeah. Discuss and talk to your partner about your conflicts. Talk about it. Don't just avoid it. Talk about it. Look for a good time to talk about it. It might be a day later, it might be maybe the conflict happened in the morning, you talk about it in the, in the evening. But you're saying, "Don't you know what? Babe, let's talk about this. You know. And when you are talking about it, not still trying to prove your point. Or else, another problem will start again. Many people are saying they want to talk about it. It's not that they want to talk about something. They want to prove that they are actually right. They want to remind you of their point. That's not talking about it. Talking about it is, let us resolve this thing. How do we move? How do we uh, you know, move from here? How do we go forward? Not to trying to show, ah, that thing I said, say, I'm right. Hmm. Number next. That's number what? Number eight. Overcome your need to always be right and have your own way. Overcome your need. Some people need to always be right. Some people are obsessed with that feeling. I must always be right. It's as if they, they are wrong. Ah. Huh? Something about them is damaged. Let your sin be that strong that even when you are wrong, it doesn't when you are wrong, you can't say, Oh, I was actually wrong. Oh wow. And I never saw it that way. Some men can't say that. That's why almost every father became forced in their class when they were growing up. Read your book. When I was in school, I was first. How come all of you are first? What happened? (laughs) Everybody is first. So, who was second? (laughs) Everybody is first. So, we already know some people are lying. Overcome that As a man, as a woman. Because not only men that must always have that need, some women who have that need. It's a weakness, it's not a strength. Always want to be right. If they are not right, they scatter everything. Say, no, 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 no don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, just, just scatter everything. Don't do that. A successful marriage is built on negotiation and adaptation, not domination and manipulation. Write it down never forget it. A successful relationship and marriage is built on negotiation and adaptation, not domination and manipulation. Some people will manipulate their way to be right. Some people will dominate, they will shut their husbands down, shut their wives down, just so that they can have, you know, the upper hand. A successful marriage is built on negotiation and adaptation, not domination and manipulation. Not domination and manipulation. Let me give us two as I begin a up. I will bless this morning. Be sacrificial in your thinking. Be sacrificial. Be sacrificial. What does it mean to be sacrificial? You give up something so that you can gain something of more value. Be sacrificial in your thinking. That is, be willing to give up your rights to make your relationship and marriage work. You are right, but sometimes you give it up. Because that relationship is more important to you. Don't prioritize your ego above your partner relationship compromise is not only positive in marriage it is necessary sometimes you might need to compromise sometimes you might need to compromise for the main time just to allow peace later you can come back to that discussion a month later when everybody is in a good mood you don't try to address something when everybody is still edgy emotionally and last but not the least for this morning cultivate the habit of genuinely apologizing when you are wrong cultivate the habit cultivate the habit i want to teach us how to say because some of us have not said sorry this year so we are going to say sorry 21 times (laughs) no let's just do seven times Hmm? so you use your neighbor as a riyaza some of us that word is very heavy Eh? how will i say sorry Ah, never so look at your neighbor make sure everybody has a neighbor You didn't do anything, but it's just training. So that word is not toxic. Just say it. So look at your neighbor. We say it seven times. Let's go. One. No, I mean it. Let's take it serious. Number one. (laughs) Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. Number seven. Did anything happen to you now? Check your account balance. Did you reduce? Some of us find it very difficult saying sorry. That's it. If I say sorry, my account balance will just go from one million to one kobo. It doesn't change anything. But that simple word, or those simple words, I'm sorry, can change the dynamics of your relationship. Have we learned something this morning? Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts. We ask Lord this morning for the grace to be a doer of these things that will not just be hearers alone, but will be doers of your word. And as we put these things to work, let our results and rewards be evident unto all men. This morning, I want someone to pray for their relationship, for their marriage. Even if you are single, if they are not engaged, pray for your future relationships. These are principles that will even work in the workplace. That God, give me a heart of flesh. Give me a heart of flesh. The Bible says there are stony grounds Some hearts are like hard rocks, the truth cannot penetrate, and that's what makes people prioritize their ego above their relationships. This morning, ask God to give you a heart of flesh, ask Him to give you a heart that is tender, a heart that is malleable, a heart that can be corrected, a teachable heart. Ask God to give you that heart this morning. Ask him to give you that heart this morning. A teachable heart. A heart of flesh. A conscience that is tender. Ask him for that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. If there is anybody in this house this morning, you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus. There has never been a time, all eyes closed, all eyes bowed. There has never been a time in your life. Where you committed, you made that commitment to begin a relationship with God. You cannot remember any time in your life where you made that quality decision. There was a time I had to make that decision, and there are so many people in this house this morning that they also had to make that decision at one point or the other. You know, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, a rapture were to happen this moment. You are not even certain. You cannot say with absolute confidence that you would be caught up with Christ. And you are here this morning. I want to pray with you. And I want to pray for you. And for those watching us online, if I'm also talking about you, I want you to begin to talk to God this morning. The Bible says there is no one that comes to him that he will cast away. He says when we call upon him, he will hear us and he will answer us. You want to make a commitment this morning. Just talk to him. There is no technicality to this thing. Number one, acknowledge that you are a sinner. Number two, acknowledge that you need a savior. That you can't save yourself. Number three, cry out to the father. Number four, ask Jesus to come into your heart. Tell him to come in today. Tell him to come in to stay. Tell him to wash you of your sins. And to give you a brand new future. To write your name in the book of life. Talk Talk to him this morning. 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 Don't make light of this. Every other person praying in the Holy Ghost. If you have said this prayer before. I want you to begin a prayer under your breath. Pray for everyone that needs to make this decision this morning. That has not made this decision before. Pray, pray, pray. Jesus said all that you have given me I have lost none. And even for those that are already saved. That they will not lose it. They will not lose that relationship. Because Jesus said there is no one that puts his own hands on the plow that looks back that is fit for the kingdom. If you are praying that prayer this morning, I want you to lift your hand wherever you are. If you are praying that prayer of commitment, that prayer, committing your heart to Jesus, beginning the relationship with the Father, if you are praying that for the very first time this morning, I want you to lift your hand in the auditorium wherever you are. Wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are. Wherever you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up everyone making this commitment this morning. And Father, I ask that you will establish them. That you will keep them. that these ones will not be lost in the name of Jesus. We give you the thanks and we give you the praise. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Alright, we have some questions here. You can celebrate God if you want to. Alright, my ex-boyfriend is back and he seems to seems to that's dangerous <laughs> if you watched yesterday's video how many of us have seen it oh you guys have not seen it go to the gateways timeline on instagram lovely can we celebrate the expressions yeah. so my ex-boyfriend is back and he seems to want us to walk is it right to accept although we broke up due to some issues we sorted out the question you need to ask yourself is why did the relationship end Oftentimes when a relationship ends, people don't remind themselves of why the relationship ended. Why did it end? So the question you need to ask yourself is, the reason why it's ended, has it been resolved? And number two, are there things that can be resolved? Some things cannot be resolved. There are things that can be worked on. Some things cannot be worked on. Do you understand? So you need to ask yourself, why did we break up? Have we resolved those things? Are there things that can be resolved? if there are things that can be resolved have we truly resolved it or are you assuming it has been resolved because you are still available and you are desperate for a relationship only you can answer that question how do you deal with a friend or colleague that keeps having mood swings and they say there is nothing wrong but when they are in public they are cheerful every person is tired of the job or overwhelmed by their responsibilities in the workplace because if they are cheerful in public, but not cheerful at work, they might be on the wrong job. Maybe they need to look for another job. Is it being opinionated? Is is being opinionated a sign of low self-esteem or high self-esteem? There is nothing like high self-esteem. There is only healthy self-esteem. Being opinionated, is it a sign? Depends on what the person is opinionated. Everybody is opinionated. Everybody has, you know, everybody is opinionated. It depends on what you know so this is vague so is it is it best to resolve conflicts in the immediate or hold on to when both parties are calm and can replay the event over again it's best to resolve it during a calm period but make sure the calmness is not one year some people are never calm you know and one of the things you need to discuss before you get married for those of us that are single and for those of us that are already married is you need to those are some of the things you talk about when you are dating that's why I said if you do relationship right you will have too many things to talk about you will not even remember to be doing other nonsense one of the things you must talk about that's one of the things first lady and I you know we, we, you know, we talked about before we got married you must decide how are we going to resolve conflicts when there is a misunderstanding how do we resolve it for us it must be sorted immediately is it? So there is nothing like I'm not in the mood to talk. We are agreed before we marry we shall sort it immediately. So no matter how much your emotions are flying, you will come. Cal- you see all this when we are and when I'm not calm. The Bible says the spirit of a prophet is subject to a prophet. You can calm yourself. You know how I know you can calm yourself. As a man, if you're having a misunderstanding with your wife and your papers are not complete and you see a VIO, won't you calm down? We will come down immediately that rage you it, it, it will leave you it will seem as if a demon just left you so that demon of raging that argument that let it leave you calm yourself down and if you need to take a cold shower take it to calm you down if you need to take all, just calm yourself all these of when we calm down sometimes it is an excuse for not resolving what needs to be resolved some people can take one week, two weeks and the Bible says, the biblical recommendation is actually that when you have a misunderstanding you should resolve it that day I think it's Ephesians 4, 26 it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger it simply means, don't let a day end don't go to bed angry if you go to bed angry, the devil will give you ideas overnight you will hear the whispers of the devil in the night one person will be awake and what that person is that will person be looking at you <laughs> die <laughs> you will think i the one thinking is the devil feeding you here? i just now." he's a stupid man see how he's snoring see, if I just kill him now I'm serious because you didn't solve it the people their spouses more that that was what happened someone is snoring the other person is awake you see his life is in my hand now. see how he's snoring and during the day he was doing gra 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 just took it down, so make sure you resolve it before you go to sleep. All right, in a situation where you have a conflict with your partner and you become more productive and even have more peace and calm when you both are not talking, does this mean the love is already there? In fact, it is even buried. The love is not just dead, love is buried. Something, see, something is terribly wrong here. They are still productive when there is a misunderstanding between someone you claim to love. Is either the love does not exist, or number two, that individual needs psychological help. And when I mean psychological, I actually mean some people may actually need help, especially if it's someone that's maybe because really there are people like this. So then, um, and sometimes the reason for people who experience this is they are trying to hide something so the energy they are channeling it into work they are channeling that energy to something else so it's making them more productive so the energy they should put in the relationship and sometimes this happens with people that never felt loved growing up so with any meeting understand they just assume that this person really never loved me too so let me just focus on my work but it is not normal So, wherever Isaac, I don't know who is asking the question, you know. That's why sometimes I even prefer it is written. You know, this person might need to talk, talk to someone. How do we resolve religion conflicts? You must follow me to my church. I like my pastor. (laughs) These are things you should talk about before you get married. Well, when the person says religion conflicts, it seems like Muslim or Christian. The Bible says you should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So the Bible has already answered this. I don't need to answer this. You should get married to someone that you believe the same thing. And number two, also get, just like I said earlier, it's not everybody that is a Christian you can marry. Do you understand? There are people who, a church like ours, they don't believe we are spiritual enough. You know, because when we are praying, we don't box the devil. <laughs> There's a video I saw yesterday, I sent it to some of us. <laughs> You know, that some people they bring them, they are doing spiritual warfare. So, <laughs> so, to us, you are doing confession. Say, Father, in the name, say, What's is this? Is this prayer? what's Father in the name of Jesus. Say, go, go, go. <laughs> so, to some people, as we are now as the church, we are not spirit In fact, to some people, how will a pastor dress like this on a Sunday? This pastor he it does not have fire. <laughs> test me, I know if I have fire. <laughs> Praise God. You know, so some of those things. It seems subtle, but you need to look into it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, if you are both Christians, but you have different ideologies, different beliefs, it might be a problem. It might be a problem. And it is not advisable, right, for people in the same family to be going to different places. It's not advisable. Because over time, you will be hearing different things. That's why the Bible says, Can two walk together except we are in agreement? You need to be in agreement. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, in an event of toxic exchange, exchange of words, how do we move on? Toxic exchange, so hard to heal from, most especially between the in-laws, elder and younger. Toxic exchange of words. Maybe words, I want to assume is words. How do the younger person should go and apologize to the elder? You see, I always tell people this. God will never support you against constituted authority. Never. You can never be right against authority. Never. All these ideas that society is trying to peddle nowadays. Say everybody, their truth. Everybody has a voice. You have a voice, but you must know when to keep that voice. Am I making sense? The Bible says rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. That's what the Bible says. So when you are rebelling against authority... What the Bible is saying is you are like a witch. You are like a wizard. And the Bible says, suffer not a witch to live. The result is always death. An example of constituted authority are parents. You saw the parents of your spouse before you decided to go into that family. Those are some of the things you should check out as a single before you marry. It's not just about the guy has a good job. He has a good job. What kind of family is he from? Do you see his parents, you know, as... People that can become your parents. Do you see our parents as people you can submit to as your parents? Or there are people you will always want to avoid. If you would always want to avoid them, leave their son or daughter alone. There are many sons and daughters out there you can marry. To say you want to marry someone and turn them against their family is a fool strategy. It will not work. It will backfire. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So when there is a toxic exchange, the younger person should go and apologize. Especially, say, the older person may be wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying an elder, an elder will always be right. But as a younger person, you should be wise. If you want to live long, go and apologize. Because what you are doing is a seed. You have sown it. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. That which you have sown, you shall harvest. May you grow old. So when you are old, you will also harvest it. So, you see, what the elderly person is doing is their seed. What you do in response is your own seed. You are not going to have someone else's seed, but you will have your own seed. But you can never be right against authority. Never. Authority in the workplace, authority in church, authority in the family. God will never support you against authority. The Bible spoke about Moses. Moses married a non Jew. And God Himself already said that the children of Israel must not marry a non Jew. Zipporah, Moses' wife, was not a Jew. Mary, and Moses' younger sister, and Aaron, they were both priests. Mary was the prophetess. They looked at Moses' wife and said, "Ah, ah How can he marry a non Jew? The Bible says, And God had it. Moses was not even the one that had it. The Bible says, And God smote her with leprosy. Because she spoke against authority, even though the authority was her elder brother. God said I speak to him face to face Are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses So this age of We can voice our opinion on social media (laughs) I just laugh when I see those things The things men that is Waiting for a lot of people in the future They don't know it God will never side you against authority Was Moses right? No He was wrong But it is God's responsibility to deal with him It's not your, your own job description Somebody hear what I'm saying alright the last question how do you manage the situation when your spouse says a past cannot be swept under the carpet and this situation reoccurs all the time even when both parties have discussed if you are married you might need to talk to a counsellor because this question is very broad we don't know what the past is it might be that maybe the past was hidden before marriage because if the past was not hidden and it was laid on the table you see let me tell you this for those of us that are single don't hide anything from someone so that they can marry you are you hearing what I'm saying let them know what needs to be known so that if they choose not to marry you at least you will have peace you will eventually find somebody that will marry you with your past to say you don't want to lose him you will eventually lose him or you will eventually lose her are you hearing what I'm saying? So if there is something he did as a single, talk about it. Let him or I know. You see, because that is what love truly is. Love is an informed decision. If you hide something from me, how do you know if I truly love you? Because I don't have all the information. I don't have the details. Love is I know everything I'm supposed to know. But I still choose to spend the rest of my life with you. That is what love is. If you are hiding something from me, what you are getting from me is not love. It's deception. Because the day I eventually find out, will my decision remain the same? So it is better to lay all the cards on the table. God bless you.